Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. This is an episode that I am so excited to dive into, you guys. This is talking about this doctrine of self-love that I have been hearing go around, and the Lord's been putting on my heart to just share some wisdom that I've gotten about it. You guys, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, you know, wherever you're at in your walk with God, whether you're just starting and you, you've you heard about this God who radically loves you with a love that, you know, we could never really be able to ever comprehend. Paul uh, praised that in... Um, in Ephesians 3, and we'll be going over that uh, scripture today, guys. We have a lot of scripture. We're going to be breaking down. We're going to be going into context. We're not going to be getting a little bit, we're not going to be getting into the Greek or the Hebrew at all, but um, wow. Um, I just had a really good workout. I took a shower. I'm going to go out to coffee with a friend soon. Um, I today have been experiencing um Whew, just like these new areas in my mind with God and just really experiencing more of who God really is and that and that guys we think we know him and we only know a little bit and I, I love it because one time I was at a volleyball uh, thing uh, one night with a, some church friends and a friend of mine named Michaela her and I were talking about God and Michaela if you're listening to this I just I love what you said Um, Michaela, you know, we're talking about God and she's like, you know, we only know this much. And she, you know, uh, gets her index finger in her thumb and, you know, shows a very tiny space. She goes, we know about this much about God. And I go, I can't agree more. So that's why we're always being called to seek fresh insights, you guys. So, um, Today, the verse of the day is actually out of the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 21. And this is um, this is Jesus, I believe, that's actually speaking. And this is the out of the NLT version. I love the way the NLT puts it. But it goes, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. I love this, you guys, because we talk a lot about how God's coming back to save us. He's coming back to save his bride and find blameless in his sight and judge the rest of the world. And we go, you know, then I say to people, yeah, if we're faithful till the end. And people get turned off by that. But Jesus says it right here. Those who are victorious, those who are faithful till the end will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. That is so insane, you guys. If you want to know what Revelation, if you want to know what the throne room looks like, go read Revelation 4 where John has this vision of what uh, heaven looks like, a glimpse of it. Um, So, yeah, we have a very long message today, guys. You know, obviously I'm recording this and I'm, you know, three minutes and 40 seconds in. I might have to make a two-part series because I have a lot of stuff I'm going to share. So um, I'm super excited. Let's open in prayer and then uh, get into this self-love doctrine I've been hearing go around. Yeah, just go into your own moment of prayer right now, guys. I'm not going to pray out loud. I'm just going to pray quietly to God. I just Let's just let's just pray right now for God's revelation to be poured out on today's episode. Yeah, I just, I I really, right now, I hear God saying, 
that he wants to impart wisdom to you that other people have had closed hearts to. I remember a long time ago, I was at a church service, and the pastor said, when the Lord wants something, when the Lord prompts you to say something in a certain moment, whether it's at a Bible study or whatever, if you're in any group setting and you know God tells you to say something and you don't say it, God's going to go, okay, I'll find someone else. And he's not saying that with shame. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. But I just hear him saying, open your heart to these new things that I want to show you. I'm really, like, one thing I'm declaring over myself over the past couple days is I don't know everything. And it brings so much humility, so much comfort, so much freedom. I don't know everything. We don't know everything, you guys. We know a little bit. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 13. So, Father, I pray for fresh insights and revelations, for changed hearts. Holy Spirit, if we've grieved you, uh, just reawaken in us and come back We come back to our first love, which is you. And I just pray that we would love, God, we'd love you with our whole hearts, our whole minds, everything that we have. And that you would just lead us into radical relationship with you, God. Take us uh, out of our comfort zones. And um, just have your way on today's episode, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, I want you guys to know that the kind of things I'm going to be saying today, I have like I have like ten pages of stuff. I mean, I really wanted to make sure I was saying the right things because um, this message is really going to convict people's pride. Not that I'm not saying that self righteously. The Lord convicts my pride all the freaking time, and I just confess that and repent. Um, I'm just drinking some water because I just got I just got done working out. So, um, before you back out of this episode today, if you feel strong about this self love doctrine to be true, I want to turn this down a little bit. I want you to know that I'm I'm not going to be opinionated about this subject. I'll be using God's love letter, the Bible to us about this self-love doctrine. Christ never loved himself or even talked specifically about it in the context of doing things your flesh desires. Let me re- let me restate that. Jesus never loved himself or even talked specifically about self-love in the context of doing things in uh, your flesh desires. When I see this self-love doctrine being taught, I see it as if you are giving into the ways of the flesh and loving yourself as the world defines that. If self-love is being used for things that will help you die to yourself, that sounds biblically correct. And we're going to dive into this, guys. It's just so be patient. The context of my message today, you guys, this is it. This is the context, the foundation of my message why, 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 why do we have to love ourselves when God loves us so much? Why? There's no reason to. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. It's about him. It's all about him. I've been talking to my sister, Melinda. Melinda, if you're listening to this, I love the wisdom you gave me on the subject. Thank you so much. Please pray for my sister, Melinda. She's a God-fearing woman. She loves God. Just, oh my gosh, she's incredible. I talked to my sister about this topic, and she's been giving me some great insight. She's going to an amazing church, and some of the elders at that church, uh, they growing up in the 70s, um, they were brought into a um, doctrine of just obeying God and that's it. And it was kind of, um, it, it, it was, that's all it was about the kind of uh, structure that was being taught in the church in the seventies about obeying God and nothing else. Um, having it be hard to realize God's grace and God's love for us. 
This was brought into our generation. Growing up, a lot of us may have experienced true love in our relationships around us. Growing, growing up, a lot of us may have experienced true love in our relationships. We've been ridiculed, not loved right, and we've stuck on man's opinion about God through man taking scripture out of context to put a yoke of slavery over us once again. So, in the 70s, a lot of the generation, the generation in the 70s that are Christians now, they grew up in a, in a culture of obeying God and that was it. It was They were very strict on that. It was something that was forgotten and then they brought it back and then now... Now that we're, you know, now now that now that the generation that was in the in the seventies, that when they were when they were kids, now they're growing up and they're kind of putting that on us, and then we are continuing to um, stick on man's opinion about God instead of taking it to God and doing First John four and and uh, weighing and sifting every word that you hear because not every uh, uh, message is from God. And then we put that lake, that yoke of slavery over us once again, where Paul talks about let no one put a yoke of slavery over you. I think it's Galatians, I think that's Galatians 5.1. We have itching ears now. And Paul talks about that in Timothy. Only wanting to hear what we want. We don't want to hear, die to yourself. Now, I do. Um, when I say people that don't want to hear, die to yourself, are people that are being taught this self-love doctrine. Um, this self-love doctrine has been something I have seen arise ever since the COVID-19 pandemic came in 2019. I've seen posts on social media about it, clothing wear, even uh, in-person sermons, personally, myself, on loving yourselves. I want us to realize this. When we realize how much God loves us, what will it promote in our hearts? Humility, childlikeness, meekness, a fear of the Lord, having honest and reverence for his name. So, to kind of backtrack, you guys, I understand if you've been ridiculed, if you have grown up in a church that really put a yoke of slavery over yourself, and you've come into a doctrine that itches your ears, that doesn't mean it's going to be true. I'm just going to, again, 1 John 4, don't believe everything you hear. And I'm not saying I'm right either. There, I've, said, I've said here on my podcast that there are things that I'm going to say that are not true, but that you wouldn't just criticize me and go, oh, that's wrong, that's false, Josiah's a false teacher. No, pray that I would walk in more truth because I want to be a, a pastor one day. I want to have my own, my, own, my own ministry. I guess I'm starting it right now, but once it gets bigger, um, I'm going to have a bigger judgment on me. James talks about that. He says there's a bigger judgment on us teachers. So just sift through everything that you hear. We're going we're gonna to dive into this, guys. So here we go. This is the one verse that I see these self-love people use out of its context. And this is the amplified version, you guys. This is a good version to study from. It's a, it helps us understand the original Greek. It's Mark 12, 28 through 30. This is, uh, you know, Jesus talking. Then one of the scribes, an expert. This is the... Okay. Whew. I'm getting too ahead of myself. Mark 12, 28 through 30. Then one of the scribes, an expert in Mosaic law, came up and listened to them arguing with one another. And notice that Jesus answered them and asked him which commandments... The, the scribe is asking Jesus, what commandment is first and most important of all? Jesus answered, the first and most important one is... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, which is life, and with all your mind, thought, and understanding, and with all your strength. Verse 31, this is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So I've heard people say, well, in order to love other people, I have to love myself. I've heard this. I'm sure you guys might have heard it as well. It doesn't say that in this verse at all. It says unselfishly. To love yourself first before anyone else is selfish according to several scriptures that we're going to dive into. How Christ tells us to love people. 
Jesus says to love God with everything you have, not yourself. Here are some other verses. Look, I didn't say this, guys. Jesus said this. And if I'm going to twist and and lie about the words that Jesus say, then I'm in trouble. Here are some verses I know that would make this self-love doctrine to not be true. Matthew, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna dive more into this, guys. Don't worry, I'm gonna go really deep. So just bear with me here. Here are some other verses I know that would make this self-love doctrine not be true. Matthew 10, 38 through 39. This is the message version. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Now, the context of these verses, 29 through 42, is Jesus talking about forgetting about yourself and looking to him in all of our troubles, anxieties, and and insecurities, and any other thing. He is calling us in this chapter to focus on him, focus on his ways, and put them into practice and walk away from the things of this world. Matthew 16, the message version, then Jesus went to work on his disciples And this is what he says, anyone who intends to come, this is the message version, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of a deal is it to get everything you want, but lose yourself. All these materialistic things that the world offer you, that the world offers you. Jesus is finished. Jesus finishes in verse twenty-six. What could you ever trade your soul for? The context of this verse, you guys, is Jesus talking about if you want to follow me. This is the way it has to be. Another verse that would contradict this self-love doctrine to not be true is Ephesians four one through six. So this is Paul talking while he's in prison. He says, So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, that is, to a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. This is the Amplified Version. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, bearing one another in unselfish love. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, which each individual working together to make the whole body successful. There is one body of believers and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all, who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. So, you guys, I love it where he says right here, bearing one another in love. It says, unselfishly, again. The next chapter, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. Does it say God, does it say we, does it say we love God because he loved himself first? No, it says we love him because he first loved us. So copy and follow his example as well Beloved children imitate their father and walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. It's pointing back to other people, forgetting about yourself. Paul is instructing what Jesus says in Matthew to forget about yourself. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us in offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. Another verse to go off this self-love doctrine to just not be true. We all know this verse. Well, not all of us. Some of us may know it. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. Paul writes, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God 
because of all he has done for you. Let them be in a living and holy sacrifice. He's talking about your bodies. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way of worship to him. Offering your body as a living sacrifice, other versions say. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, so I want to elaborate on this verse because a lot of Romans 12... Uh, The title of Romans 12 in the message version is... Place your life before God. That's the title of it. And there's only only one title for uh, that chapter. Um, So, where it says, don't be conformed by the ways of this world. You guys, um, I've looked up on YouTube... Uh, self-love uh, sermon and I haven't seen any sermons coming up I haven't seen any specific sermons about loving yourself but I've heard it in the church I hear it at my school right now you guys I really do so here's the thing and I'm not bashing my school um, I'm just you know pointing out um, you know what the Bible points out so Paul says to not be conformed by the ways of this world if you go on YouTube if I go on my Safari right here and I type in YouTube and I type in self-love, here is a bunch of videos about self-love. Now, again, I don't want to, like, I'm not I'm not here to judge. I'm here to point out where Paul says, don't be conformed by the ways of this world. And the world is showing you to love yourself. Christ said to deny yourself and pick up your cross if you want to follow me. Again, why do we have to love ourselves if God loves us so much? Um, so here we go. I want to under I want to I want to talk about the context of um, Romans twelve, where at the beginning, where Paul starts in Romans twelve one, Paul starts off and he goes, and so Paul is continuing a letter from chapter eleven. Here's what it says, starting from verse 25, so that we can understand the full context of Romans 12. Let me restate that if that didn't make sense. At the beginning of Romans 12, 1, the the first two words are, and so, which means there's something before that he's talking about. So we're going to look back at at, um, at, uh, Romans 11, uh, starting from verse 25, because that's where the title last uh, left off. So you can go read it yourself. But starting in verse 25 from verse from um, Romans 11, it says, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will only last until a full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. He's talking about people getting saved. And so all of Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, Paul writes a lot about Old Testament scripture. He does a lot of it in Galatians. He says, as the scriptures say, so uh, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. Now, to continue, this is Paul uh, continuing his thoughts. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news and the benefits of, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors. We're going to break down this verse, guys, so don't worry. I'm just going to read this real quick. Because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's uh, gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Verse 31, now they are the rebels and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. This is talking about the Israelites and the Gentiles. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible 
is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways? For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? That's so good. I love that last verse. We're going to break these verses down, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to break it down for you. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Paul is addressing the pains of seeing some of these people not getting saved and how mysteriously God works through it all. Even in this new covenant with Jesus, our only way to God. So when Paul says in Romans 12, he says he talks about some practical steps about what to do. He goes, these he, he, so he's, he's talking about these people haven't been saved. Here's what God's doing. We don't understand everything. And then he goes on in Romans 12, here's what you do. Do not be conformed by the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I hope this is making sense, guys. Um, anyway, I know this may be a lot, but go to God with all of your questions and your concerns, guys. Seriously, I'm here to take you closer to God. That's it. I'm here just to put out the wisdom I know, and I've you know taken to God as well, and for you to sift and weigh every word I say and take it to God and continue to pray that I say the right things here on my podcast. Paul says, um, Paul says over and over again to love one another, bear one another's burdens, offer our bodies as living sacrifice, outdo one another in honor. Jesus says to forget about yourself, to die to yourself, embrace suffering and pick up our crosses. Here are some verses we can embrace that will help us leave this self-love doctrine. John 3.16, the amplified version For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5.8, the amplified version, but God clearly shows, clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isaiah, 50, this this actually happened, you guys. Like, come on. Isaiah 54.10, the NIV version. Through the mountains, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfit, this is, you know, okay, I'm going to restart this. Sorry. This is actually God speaking. Right here in Isaiah 54, verse 10, the NIV version. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Psalm 136, verse 26. Um, all of Psalm 136 is talking about God's love. So go read that for yourself. It's an awesome chapter. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. It never ends, you guys. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. But because of his great love for us, this is the NIV version, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Psalm 86, verse 15 in the NIV version. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Some of us know this one in the Old Testament, Zephaniah 3.17 in the NIV version. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. And his love, he will no long in, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will but will rejoice over you with singing. You guys. Psalm 136. I'm just going to read it right now. Um, I'm going to read the whole chapter. This is what we need to rest in. There's there's more we're going to dive into here. But let me just go to Psalm 136 real quick. It's 26 verses. So here we go. Thank God. He deserves our thanks. His love never quits. Thank the God of all gods. His love never quits. Thank the Lord of all lords. His love never quits. 
thank the miracle-working God, his love never quits. The God whose skill formed the cosmos, his love never quits. The God who laid out the earth and ocean foundations, his love never quits. The God who filled the skies with light, his love never quits. The sun to watch over the day, his love never quits. Moon and stars as guardians of the night, his love never quits. The God who struck down the Egyptian firstborn, his love never quits. And rescued Israel from Egypt's oppression, his love never quits. He took in hand with his powerful He took Israel in hand with his powerful hand. His love never quits. Split the Red Sea right in half. His love never quits. Led Israel right through the middle. His love never quits. Dumped Pharaoh and his army into the sea. His love never quits. The God who marched his people through the desert. His love never quits. Smashed huge kingdoms right and left. His love never quits. Struck down the famous kings. His love never quits. Struck Sinon and Amorite king. He struck them. His love never quits. Struck Og and Bashanite king. His love never quits. Then disturbed their land as booty. His love never quits. Handed the land over to Israel. His love never quits. God remembered us when we were down. His love never quits. Rescued us from the trap... Tra- uh, tra- Trappling boot, his love never quits. Take care of everyone in time of need. Takes care of everyone in time of need. His love never quits. Thank God who did it all. His love never quits. You guys, this is what we need to be remembering. His love I love Psalm 143, verse 5, where David says, I remember the days long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. This is David talking. He's going through a mental trial. He's going through a lot because I remember the days of the old. As he remembered the days of the old, so we need to remember what God did for us and that his heart has not changed. So why do we have to love ourselves when God loves us so much? And you know what? You know what? I'm not actually just asking that. I mean, I'm not just saying that. I'm actually asking that. If you have an answer for me, please. And I don't mean to say that. I don't want to be intimidating. I don't, but I literally, I really do want to know. Now, I wrote a little note here that I'm supposed to talk about. Talk on why some of us may struggle with wanting to love ourselves the way the world would agree with it. So, I'm not sure why I wrote this down, but uh, why do we think we might want to love ourselves the way the world would agree with it? Well, sometimes it's really hard to walk away from the things of this world and walk into the things that Jesus has for us. And again, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, but... There's so much reward. There's so much for your yes. I love, um, I think it's Mike Bickle that said it. He goes, you say yes once. Um, something, it was, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He says something like, he goes, when you say yes once, God says yes 10 times, or he takes you 10 steps more forward. It's super cool. Now, I want to finish with the scripture in 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to look at this in the Amplified Version. The title of this chapter, uh, you know, the heading of when you start to read these verses, it says, difficult times will come. I'll give you some time if you want to go grab your Bible or pull out your phone and just read this with me. Go to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, the Amplified Version. I'll give you guys a few seconds. Second Timothy three one through five. Second book of Timothy chapter three. Verse starting in verse one. The Amplified version. The title again, guys, in the Message version says, "Difficult times will come." So here we go. 
but understand this is this is Paul. I think this is Paul writing to Timothy. I could be wrong, but here we go. But understand this that in the last days dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. Verse 2. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic and self-focused. Lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, reliever, <sighs> relivers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profaned. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, malicious gossips. There's there's a word behind it. I don't know how to pronounce that other word. Uh, devoid, has no self-control, absolutely immoral, brutal, haters of God, haters of good, sorry, Traitors, reckless, uh, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, holding to a form of outward godliness, which is, you know, the religious spirit. I do think that actually is a spirit. I really do. Jesus talks about not getting their yeast of the Pharisees. Um, so, although they have denied its power of talking about God, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Now, don't worry. I'm keeping these scriptures in context. I see where Paul starts the letter with, but. This chapter starts with the word, but, which means he's starting from something else. So, let, let, let's backtrack here, which means, you know, he's talking about something prior. Here is what he is talking about things in the church. I understand this is a lot to handle. Take it all to God. This is his word, not mine. You may be struggling with people's opinions you've heard over the years or even even your own opinions that you may bringing that might may be bringing some confusion. I understand that. I know the stress of that. All I can point you to is 1 John 4, again, where it says, Don't believe everything you hear, but carefully weigh and examine every word you hear, for many false teachers have gone out into the world. So, uh, to previously, let's go, let, 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 let's backtrack here. So, Paul says, but understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. And Paul talks about people, uh, Paul is talking about people in the church and what people are going to be like in the church. So, let's go back. Um... Here we go. I'm not sure where to start. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read the whole chapter of 2 Timothy 2. It's like 26 verses, but here we go. So my son, throw yourself into this work for into this work for Christ. Well, okay, see it says so my son, which means he's starting from chapter one. Okay, guys, look. I don't have a lot of time to get into this, but I know that 2 Timothy um, 2 is talking about things in the church. So go read it yourself. Um, but it looks like, because even in chapter 4, it looks like it looks like this whole book of 2 Timothy is one is is one letter. It's all one context. So um, this is the thing, guys. And this is what I've heard from theologians as well. Like I've just read online. I've seen YouTube videos and, and what else. When Paul says people will be lovers of themselves, narcissistic and self-focused, focused on themselves. Paul is talking about people in the church. It's not talking about people that are outside of the world. And I'm telling you, I've I've been seeing this doctrine go around and it's just not it's not biblical. I brought up a bunch of scriptures that just show it's it's not. So that uh, I want to, I'm going to close here pretty soon. looks like I'm going to be able to do this whole episode in one hour. Okay. 
Um, my opinion, you, some of you guys have heard my opinion where I say the word many, translating into the word majority from the original Greek. Forgive me, I have not actually tested that if that is actually true, as some of you have possibly heard me say that on other episodes. Um, and the reason I say that is because I come out with that verse in 1 John 4, many false teachers. I don't know if that word is actually translated from the Greek into majority, but just, you know, go examine that yourself and, you know, I'll kind of, you know, do that later on. But here we go. It's my last note, you guys. As us Christians are called to die to ourselves, if we want to call loving ourselves in the definition to dying to ourselves, personally, I don't see a problem with that. Personally, I could be wrong. I'm eager and willing to learn and be corrected. We need to be embracing God's love for us while wanting to obey his commands for us. He truly wants the best for everyone. Just like Peter says, he wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's my message. I I don't see an issue with calling self-love in the context of you know, dying to yourself, but if you're using it in an unselfish way, if you're using it in the context that contradict these verses, um, like Romans 12, 2, or Ephesians, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, Matthew 16, Matthew 10, go, go look at these scriptures yourself, you guys, if you want to pull out a pen or a notepad, if you want to, um, if you want to, I'll, 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 I'll repeat right now all the scriptures that I, that I say right now, so, um, I'll give you guys about 15 seconds. If you need to write these verses down. So the first verse was uh, Mark 12, 28 through 30. Mark 12, 28 through 30. The second one was Matthew 10, verses 38 through 39 in the message version. Um, the Mark 12, I'm not sure what version that is. Oh, that's the Amplified version. Mark, or Matthew 16, verses 21 through 28 in the message version. Ephesians 1, or sorry, forget that, sorry. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 in the Amplified version. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 in the Amplified Sorry, the Ephesians 4 was also the Amplified, if I didn't say. Romans 12, 1 through 2 is... I'm not sure what version that is. Uh, Romans 11, verses 25 through 36 is out of the NLT version. John 3.16, the Amplified Version. Romans 5.8 in the Amplified Version. Whenever I write Amplified, I just do all caps, A-M-P. That might help for you, but um, Isaiah 54.10 in the NIV Version. Psalm 136.26, again, that whole chapter is about God's love, NIV. Um, Ephesians 2.4-5 in the NIV Version. I'm just kind of giving you guys space if you are writing these down to kind of write them down, give you some time. Psalm 8615. Psalm 8615 in the NIV version. Zephaniah 317 in the NIV version. Uh, Psalm 143 verse 5. I don't know what version that is in the version that I used it in. You know what? I think I used it in the message version. And then our last scripture was 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 in the Amplified Version. So Um, yeah, guys, that's my that's that's my why do we have to love ourselves if God loves us so much? I want to read this last verse out of Ephesians 3. This is Paul, this is the NLT version. The, the title of this is Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Growth. Verse 14, 
Paul says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Now, when he says, when I think of all this, there's something he's talking about behind that. But anyway, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ through it is though it, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You guys, Paul, again, he's pointing it back to God. He's pointing, this is, this is it. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be looking at ourselves. So, again, if you guys have any questions, I, I, I really, you know, I even thought today of like you guys texting me a bunch of your questions on theology and God. I'd love to do that. So if you want to ask me questions, please shoot me a text 248-605-1299. I have my email at the top of my podcast. You can email me. I'm here. I want to talk. Um, so yeah, let's, um, let's close in prayer. God, I thank you for the wisdom you've given me to pour out, Father. And I pray you'd send angels to minister to us and give us strength. Thank you for the moments of uncomfortability. Thank you, God. I pray for new revelation to be poured out, new wisdom, fresh insights. We would walk in truth, God. You would refine us and help us to just abide in your love and focus on what you say about us, God. Bring us to humility. Bring us back to our knees. I pray every word I've said, God, that if there's anything wrong I've said, please, please, please show me, God. Help me to continue to have a soft heart. Yeah, I just, I, oh. I just hear God saying he's waiting for you to come back into his love. And he understands that that's uncomfortable, but just, you know, give that to him. Let him take care of that. So, Father, lead them back into your love. Give them the strength they need to surrender. For all strength comes from you. Let your love make us uncomfortable, God. I thank you that you're coming back to save your bride and judge the rest of the world. And I pray that we would just experience new things to walk away from and not be conformed by the ways of this world. That we wouldn't learn, we'd learn how to die to ourselves and and wait for your return with an eager heart. And that we would know that if we are victorious till the end, we'll be able to sit on your throne just as your wonderful and beloved son got to do. Help us focus on the finish line, what we're running towards, God. Give us a revelation. Renew our minds. Get rid of all the junk that that we have in our minds. Get rid of it, God. Yeah, I just hear God saying he has not changed his heart about you. 
that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, I thank you that you're not dependent on our behavior, but I thank you for the discipline that you're teaching us right now in this season that we're in. I thank you for your love and how gentle and kind you are, that you're sovereign, God. I pray for healing and insecurity, in doubt, in hurts, habits, and hang-ups, God. They would go back to the secret place with you and people's opinions that run through people's minds, God, that you'd refine it, you'd get rid of it. And that we would be a people of humility and loving one another and outdoing one another in honor. In your precious son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you guys want a separate prophetic word, if you want something you know personal for you, it's gonna, everything's going to stay between you and I. Uh, you can email me or send me a text. I'm here. If you need a prayer request, if you need anything, I'm here. Um, if you have not written me a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. I'd really appreciate it. I've got about nine reviews right now, and I love them. And uh, if, I, if you haven't listened to my other episodes, go check those out. Um, share my podcast with your friends if you'd like. And, um, just, you know, continue to pray for me, guys. I'm really learning a lot right now. I'm just going through, I'm really in a lot of, I'm really learning humility right now. So thank you so much for listening to Season 10, Episode 9 on Mobius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God bless you.